You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Good day, everyone, and welcome to Be Humane on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Robin Ganser. And now that we're back in the full swing of things with summer over, I don't know about you, but I've been busy, busy, busy. Yes, we have been very busy preparing for the 2015 Hero Dog Awards. I want to thank my colleague, Scott Sowers, who's really a terrific co-correspondent, for pitching in the past few weeks to interview our 2015 Hero Dog Awards finalist. Thanks, Scott, so much for all you're doing, and thanks for being on the road with our very special animal friends. He'll be with you a bit later in the show to wrap up our four-part inspirational series with our final two hero dogs. First, we'll hear from Richard Nash, whose Therapy Dog of the Year, Hudson, the railroad puppy, has a story you just won't believe. It's amazing. It's unbelievable and amazing. And last but by no means least, we'll be chatting with Chris Alberini, whose dog Dax is our Law Enforcement Dog of the Year and has such an amazing tale of bravery and courage. We'll finally have a chance to have all of our eight of our Hero Dog Awards finalists on stage in Los Angeles this weekend at the 5th Annual American Humane Association Hero Dog Awards, sponsored by the Lois Pope Life Foundation. Which one of these eight magnificent canines will take home top honors as our 2015 American Hero Dog? I don't know. They're all eight amazing, and they all eight deserve to win. We won't find that out until the very end of our evening on September 19th, but all eight of our finalists are indeed worthy winners and would join a rare club that includes just four other members. Roselle, the 9-11 guide dog, military working dog Gabe, Ellie, the pit bull, and Susie, the incredible therapy dog who won last year's honors. We'll also find out who America chose as the winners of our 2015 Hero Veterinarian and Hero Veterinary Technician Awards, sponsored by our friends at Zoetis. And we'll be sure to get our winning Hero Vet and Hero Vet Tech on a future show so we can learn more about the medical professionals who really help keep our hero animals living a wonderful, healthy, and amazing life. They really are some courageous examples, uh, and I can't wait for you to meet them. And while I've certainly been busy, I've had a little time to do some reading, and I want to tell all of our listeners about an amazing new book by a huge animal advocate. You know, I read all the animal books out there, and I just uh, love so many of them. This one I thought was just perfect for all of our listeners to get, particularly as a holiday book. You know, I love all kinds of dogs, but there's something really special about an older dog that tugs at our heartstrings. Maybe it's the gray muzzle, the air of calmness and contentment. Maybe it's the fact that so many of them need love and homes later in their years. For parents and grandparents, they can make a perfect pet. They're not as energetic as a puppy, but they're still filled with plenty of life and love to give you and your little ones just an amazing feeling. Plus, they're more patient if your kids get rambunctious. So sometimes these older pets just make a, a, a perfect animal for a family home. At shelters across our great country, almost 4 million, can you believe this? 4 million dogs and cats are put down annually. Older animals often represent the highest risk population. You know, it's heartbreaking to think about all the senior animals who've been cherished pets before they suddenly find themselves confused and alone in a shelter kennel. It happens to far many older dogs through no fault of their own. Frequently after their own human owners encounter financial troubles, 
illness or other life upheavals. But life doesn't have to end that way for so many loyal, loving senior dogs. In our good friend Laura Coffey's amazing new book, My Old Dog, Rescued Pets with Remarkable Second Acts, shows that when senior dogs get welcomed into loving homes, they thrive. They make life immeasurably better for their new human families. Here's what Laura, a writer and editor for NBC's Today Show, has to say. Senior dogs who get sprung from shelters just might be the most grateful dogs on the planet. And don't let their age fool you. It's amazing to see how much these dogs will have to offer us and teach us. You know, my old dog, this great book, shares stories of Jimmy Chi, a retired racing greyhound, who at age 11 gave comfort to a grandfather grappling with his own health issues. What a great dog. Maddie, a seven-year-old Shih Tzu, got adopted at a no-cost event through Seniors for Seniors program, really helped a 75-year-old widow start living again. Rocky, you got to love Rocky, a 15-year-old golden retriever who lives full-time at a nursing home. I love Rocky. Chaney, we all remember Chaney, our military dog and past winner of the Hero Dog Awards in the military category who needed logistical help to get reunited with his former handler, Matt Hatala. Just love that wonderful power of the bond between Chaney and Matt Hatala. Those stories of hope and compassion are timeless, and there's some incredible photography that really took my breath away. I fell in love with every dog and human in this book, and I really recommend it. This book appropriately comes out in October, which is in the middle of American Humane Association's Adopt a Dog Month. Hopefully, readers will see why all dogs are like fine wine. They only get better with age. Love this book. Hope you'll go out and buy it. We'll definitely have Laura on the show in the weeks ahead to talk about this fantastic new book, which really has the potential to save so many senior dogs in need. Thank you so much for joining us on our journey over the past four weeks as we've met all of the eight 2015 Hero Dog Awards. We're going to be right back after this brief message with Richard Nash and Hudson the Railroad Puppy. Again, our co-correspondent Scott Sowers will be there conducting the interview for you. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Pet Life Radio. We'll be right back. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. Do you know that moment when your dirty dog's about to jump in your nice, clean car? You can avoid all the cleanup and mess with a 4K9 seat cover. 4K9s makes heavy-duty seat covers and cargo liners that will blend seamlessly with the interior of your vehicle. You can find us at 4K9s.com. That's the number 4, K-N-I-N-E-S.com or on Amazon.com. 4K9s makes nothing but the best for your best friend. Calling all pet product manufacturers and pet experts. Let the public relations and marketing professionals at Whitegate PR get you featured in the news. I'm Dana Humphrey at Whitegate PR, and we have been specializing in pet product PR for over 10 years and can get your brand featured in the media, from TV to radio to print to blogs. You can find out more at www.whitegatepr.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. And welcome back. Thank you, Robin. Our first guest today represents the therapy dog category. Animal therapy is the use of certified therapy animals as part of a therapeutic plan. The use of animals in therapy is described as a significant part of treatment for many people who are physically, socially, emotionally, or cognitively challenged. Those in hospitals or nursing homes often benefit from animal-assisted therapy, especially children and the elderly. 
While animals such as horses and cats can make excellent therapy animals, dogs are by far the most common type of certified therapy animals at work in our communities today. But this year's winner of the therapy dog category, Hudson, has an inspiring story that begins when he was just a puppy. And to help tell this story, we've got Hudson's dad on the line now, Richard Nash. Hi, Richard. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing very well. You know, I was just on Facebook a little while before the show, and I uh, saw Hudson was posting that I think today's his birthday. Is that right? Yes, today's his third birthday. Oh, so how are you guys celebrating? Um, He has a cake that we had made for him, and um, he has a bunch of cards from friends and fans that were sent to him. So later this afternoon, we're going to have a little party for him. That sounds like a great time. And as I was just saying, Hudson's story really begins when he was just a very young puppy. In fact, when he was just three weeks old. And it's a story that captured national attention. Can you tell our listeners why he and his siblings became known as the railroad puppies? Yes. Well, railroad workers were inspecting the train tracks here in Albany, New York. And they happened upon uh, three initiated pit bull puppies. Two had injuries to their paws that were believed that they were nailed to the railroad tracks, and Hudson's paw was actually cut off and missing. Oh, my God. Um, yes, so they immediately got them to the Humane Association, and where they got life-saving treatment for dehydration, you know, malnourishment, and, you know, Hudson had to have some, you know, immediate surgery on his paw to try and save his leg. And so Hudson and his sister Pearl had to undergo a lot of treatments to get on the men, but I understand their sister Karina didn't make it. No, unfortunately, she was just too small and and just couldn't handle it. They did save her a couple of times, but then her her little body just couldn't handle it and she Mm. passed away. Yeah, and you know, you mentioned the they were nailed to the tracks, which caused Hudson to lose a paw. But it was determined that after several surgeries, Hudson was actually an ideal candidate for a prosthetic limb. Talk a little bit about that procedure. Yes, his, his surgeon heard of a new technology coming out for animals as far as prosthetic limbs and things. And he thought Hudson would be a perfect candidate for a prosthetic paw. So he contacted one company um, that actually fitted him with his first prosthetic paw and now we have a, a um, they were in Canada so it got to be a little hard to get the paws made as quickly as he was growing so we found a company here in the United States uh, Animal Ortho Care that has graciously donated all of Hudson's prosthetic limbs that's, uh, that's amazing does he wear the prosthetic at all times or do you take it off we take it off we put it on during the day when we're around with him but like at night when bedtime and stuff we take it off you know, just like a human prosthetic limb, it's interchangeable. He he does have several different prosthetics. Yeah, so not yeah. 24 hours a day he doesn't wear it, but as much as we can because his we want to make sure his back good leg is stays healthy and there's no yeah. issues with that. Does it impact how he moves in any way or does he just act like any old dog? He acts like any old dog. There is limitations. Like he, he can't jump, like jump up into a car or into the bed. If it's like a higher couch, he can't jump up on there. So he does need help doing certain things. But for the most part, he's just like any other dog. You know, with as many headlines as this story generated a few years ago, I'm sure there was just massive to demand to adopt the two precious railroad puppies. How are you and your family the lucky ones to bring Hudson home? Well, the shelter was getting hundreds and hundreds of phone calls a day from people all over the world wanting to adopt them. So what they decided was almost like a a contest to where you had to write an essay as to why your home and your family would be the best fit for Hudson and Pearl or, or either just Hudson or just Pearl. So my wife 
wrote an essay and submitted it. We did a follow-up email just saying, you know, we would really like to meet Hudson and Pearl. You know, we at the time we had another rescue, a pit bull mix, Sammy, and they emailed us back saying, bring Sammy to the shelter for a meet and greet with Hudson. So that was pretty amazing. We were really just excited to be able to even meet him. So then we got there and Hudson and Sammy got together in the, in the kennel run and they just played like they were siblings, like they'd known each other forever. And it was just, just amazing to watch. Wow. So then we followed up with a, a few days later after the meet and greet, we just followed up saying, you know, how much we loved meeting Hudson and how he would be a, a perfect fit in our home because we both at the time were self-employed. So we were home a lot. So we said we'd be able to get him to his surgeon appointments and all vet appointments. And he's pretty famous. So for appearances and things like that. And they emailed us back saying, congratulations, you were, you're the ones. And so whatever happened to Pearl? Pearl got adopted by another wonderful, wonderful family, not too far from, from us. So they, every now and again, they, they do get together for play dates and things like that. They do still see each other. That's great to hear. But you know, Hudson's tale of recovery and survival and the compassion he received is amazing, but it by no means ends there because he's the winner of our therapy dog category. So how did you come to the idea to come to train him as a therapy dog? With Hudson being so known and, and famous, especially throughout you know the Capital District, and there was such an outpouring of support and love for both Hudson and Pearl, there was just so much donations. Like I said, his prosthetics are all donated. So it's just something that we wanted to do to give back to the community, to so many people that have helped us and helped Hudson. And the only way we could really think of doing it is that I decided that I wanted Hudson to become a therapy dog and to be able to give the same love and joy to others as has been given to us. So talk about some of the visits that you and Hudson do. We do, we do a lot of schools. We have done uh, hospitals and nursing homes. And just last year, we became a certified hospice team. Hospice uh, reached out to us and asked if we could do visits in, in their facilities. So we went and we went through the hospice training and stuff so that we knew what to do when we were in, you know, the hospice environment is a lot different from a school or, or a nursing home environment. So, Definitely. you know, there's different rules and regulations. Yeah. So what sort of response do the two of you get? I mean, you've got a, a local celebrity there with you, but talk about how people react to him. They, a lot of people smile, you know, and they laugh and they just love, you know, they just hug on him and hope that he gives them his famous puppy kisses. <laughs> we were just at a nursing home this past Sunday and some of the staff there actually started crying because they remembered his story and they just couldn't believe how well he's doing and how he's giving back. And we still do get a lot of people that will meet him, even though they see him through his Facebook when they finally meet him in person, that they, they do break down and cry and things because of, of their story. Yeah, and it's, it's amazing that Hudson suffered such abuse so tragically at the hands of a human, yet it sounds like he wants nothing more to do than, than to give joy and love to, to people. It just shows that, that animals know when they're being loved and they, they'll reciprocate. Yeah, he's, he's not afraid. I mean, you would think he would not like humans or, or, you know, people with hoods on or hats or things like that. But he just loves everybody. He's not met a person he hasn't liked. 
And you know, it's interesting. Hudson's actually the third pit bull in a row we've had winning our therapy dog category. And certainly there's a stigma about the breed, but talk a little bit about the work that you're doing to dispel myths about this breed. Well, we do a lot of different events for pit bull awareness and, and just to help other shelters and other animals in need. And when we're out in the public, we try just to show how wonderful the pit bull breed really is, how they just don't fit the stereotype. It's not the breed, it's the, the people that raise them. And if you raise them right, they're the best dogs in the world. If you're going to, you know, and then there's evil people out there that try and make them bad. And that's the only press you really get a lot in the news is, is the negativity towards the breed. And that's what yeah. people hear and think. So what we try to do is with Hudson being in the news a lot and, and everything is we try to dispel the, the myths and rumors about pitbulls and to show how wonderful they are. And one of our mottos is we're changing hearts and minds one at a time. And that's what we're trying to do. Yeah. But do you ever find people hesitant to interact with him because of, of his breed? Like when you bring him on visits or when you're out and about with him? We, there is still some people that don't want anything to do with him, even though they know who he is. And which is fine. We totally understand that, you know, there's people that are afraid of all dogs. There's people that are afraid of just pit bulls. So we just, we respect their wishes. We, we don't try and force him on anyone to, you know, we just let people go at their own pace. Yeah. And then on the other hand, we've had people that always never liked pit bulls, never want anything to do with them. And then they meet them and they're like, you know, you've completely changed my mind about this breed. It's not all you see and read on the, on the news and in the papers. And that's the part we love the most is if, if we can just change one person, one person's perspective about the breed, that's what really makes it what we're doing so wonderful for us. Yeah. And, you know, at American Humane Association, we, we recognize that really any dog is capable of biting or, or doing something bad. So really it's about how the, the animal is treated and how you interact with them and, and how people are taught to interact with them because it's not the breed, it's, it's the individual dog and, and how, and the circumstances around it. Right. So. And, and we, when we go to schools, we talk to the children about, you know, Hudson is different. So we, we do talk about, you know, perseverance and, and how to adapt and overcome things. But we also teach them this is the way to approach not only Hudson, but any dog in general. You, you know, you ask the owner, you put your hand out first, let the dog check you out first. And then, then if the dog wants you to move into his space or her space, you know, they allow you. And that way you're not just bombarding and scaring the dog to where an incident could happen because... Even the greatest dogs in the world, the wrong things can happen. They're still just yeah, dogs. Yeah. So we've been asking all of our finalists some similar questions just to kind of get their feeling about, about the Hero Dog Awards and about their trip to Los Angeles. So let me start out by asking, after you nominated Hudson and you went through the first round of voting, and then we announced our top 24, which was our top three dogs in each category, and then later on our top eight, which was the winners of each category, were you nervous to see if his name was there? I was. It was just an amazing, there, there's so many amazing dogs in each of the categories that to get as far as we did is just mind-boggling and we're just in awe over it and we're so appreciative of everything. I was very nervous. It, it's funny because I was scared to look at Facebook and, and check to see and I had like 10 phone calls of friends calling me saying, you did it, you did it, you did it. And finally I was like, alright, I gotta go look for myself and, and make sure this is true. And I just broke down crying. I, I was I was so happy that, that we made the, the final round. And I'm sure by doing so, Hudson probably has a, well, I know he has a huge social media following. Do you want to give a shout out to his uh, his Facebook and Twitter followers? 
Yeah, I just want to thank everyone, all of his friends, fans, our family. Go Team Hudson has been a huge, huge supporter of us in this. Hudson's aunt, Amy Sorenberger, she's been really the, the leader of Team Hudson, and every day she's posting. She posts to over 220 different pages and people every single day, and she's really been the rock in this in this whole thing of, of making sure to remind people to vote. It's just it's just amazing when she showed me the list of, of every day of every page and, and person she reminds to vote. It's great. So what would it mean for you for Hudson to be named the 2015 American Hero Dog? Oh, my goodness. It would be an honor. I mean, just to be a part of the American Community Association Hero Dog family, and just it would be the biggest honor we could ever receive, I believe. It would just be wonderful, and I think it would help us continue to spread the message about, you know, just because you're different doesn't mean you're not special, and you can, you know, adapt and overcome anything that life throws your way and it would just be out of this world <laughs> have you had a chance to film the hudson's tribute video yet yes we did how was that how was that experience oh it was amazing the crew was so wonderful you know and every place we filmed you know the people there were wonderful we actually went back to where hudson and pearl were found and karina were found at the railroad tracks and i had never been there i never wanted to go there yeah. So that kind of stirred up memories for me. I don't know much for Hudson if it did stir anything up for him, but it was nice to kind of see it, but it also brought back a lot of memories that we've tried to move past. Yeah. Talk a little bit about your charity partner, Hand and Paul. Hand and Paul is uh, amazing. They they do such great work with therapy animals. I think they have, I'm pretty sure they have dogs in all 50 states. I know, you know, they do a lot of work in Alabama and the surrounding areas around there. They just do amazing work. Uh, really, I mean, all of our charity partners do amazing work, and we, we can't thank them enough for, for just being out there on the front lines every day and just strengthening the bond between dogs and people. Richard, what are you most looking forward to for your trip to L.A. in a few weeks? Just being there and, and, and the whole experience of it, you know, I, I'm looking forward to meeting the other dogs and the other winners of the categories. I had spoken through Facebook with Sergeant Rambo. His mom is wonderful, very nice, and they do a lot of great things. Yeah. Just the whole experience of being out there and just meeting everyone and, and just being part of such an amazing event to promote how wonderful all these dogs are in the community. You nailed it. It really is an amazing event. I've been I've been to all the Hero Dog Awards and you know, there are plenty of awards galas in LA, but it's it's truly the one night where the celebrities there take the backseat to the dogs because the dogs are the true stars of the night. <laughs> um, well thank you so much for joining us today, Richard. I can't wait to see your family and of course Hudson at the Beverly Hilton in just a few weeks. Okay, well thank you so much. I, I really appreciate it. I and mean, we're we're really looking forward to it. Yeah, well good luck and uh, safe travels and uh, we'll see you soon. Great, thank you. You're welcome. All right, and we'll be right back, everyone, with our eighth and final 2015 Hero Dog Awards finalist. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com
Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> All right, here we are. It's now time for our last, but certainly not least, of our 2015 American Humane Association Hero Dog Awards finalists. I've had a blast getting a chance to chat with all of our amazing handlers on the other end of the leash, and all of their dogs are certainly worthy of the title 2015 American Hero Dog. And that certainly includes our final dog. My next guest is a true hero every day, police officer Chris Alberini of the Ashland, Massachusetts Police Department. His four-legged partner, Canine Dax, is this year's top law enforcement dog of the year. Hi, Chris. How are you today? Good. How are you? I am doing very well. There's so many brave four-legged members of law enforcement agencies across the country, but your partner has a particular story of bravery and courage. He does. He's been, uh, I've been very lucky to have him over the last uh, six years. Yeah. He's the best partner I could ask for. So let's go back to uh, July 2nd, 2013, when you and your team were called in to assist in the search of a suspect in a house. Yeah, so we were actually off duty that day, and uh, because we're the only canine team for the Ashland Police Department, we're always on call. So we, we received a call off duty to come in and assist with a uh, barricaded subject who had ran from the police and ran into his house and locked the doors. He had active arrest warrants, and also they uh, was in a chase with the police. And so I understand that you went in first, and, and you, you shouted that unless they came out, you'd send in Dax, but uh, no one responded, so you sent him in. Is, is that right? That's correct. Yeah, we, we uh, it's part of, we're not legally bound to do it all the time, but it's it's suggested to give warnings. And we do give very honest warnings. We, you know, when we open a door and we're going to send the dog and we tell people the dog's going to be sent, he will find you and he will bite you. Yeah. Uh, we usually do that, you know, three or four times before we release the dog. And that's what we did that day. So when you sent in Dax, what did he find? So we searched the home, went through, you know, we didn't hear, they, he's, a, he's what they call a find and bite dog, so he will, when we do a building search, if he finds somebody, he does bite them right away, so we didn't hear him make contact with anybody. As we started to go through and search the home with him after he cleared the house, I noticed that he had what we call a change in behavior in the hallway, where he's showing me signs that he's in human odor, and where it was in the hallway made no sense. I ended up looking up, and he was right underneath a scuttle hole to the attic, and there was a ladder up against the wall. And then you lifted him up into the attic, right? Yeah, so we actually we made more warnings at that point. Again, we brought people in for security reasons. I passed on to my supervisor. I was pretty sure we had somebody in the attic. We gave more warnings, giving the, the subject you know, more time to uh, give up. And uh, when he didn't give up, that's when we, I, I put Dax on my shoulder, climbed the ladder, and, and put him up into the attic, giving him the command to search the attic. Yeah, and what he found there, the suspect was armed and uh, started to reach for his shotgun, right? Yeah, so we, we actually didn't know that at the time. And actually, another thing we didn't know was that the suspect was actually in the attic texting his lawyer and his girlfriend that he was armed, that he was going you know, to go out with a bang, as he said. He was going to take as many cops as he could with him. So we didn't know that at the time. Obviously, we wouldn't have sent Dax up there. So what did Dax do when he went up there? We heard him make contact uh, with the suspect. They started fighting. I went up, shined my light. I could see that the uh, subject had canine Dax by the face. Canine Dax had bitten his leg, and he was wrestling and hitting the dog. So I just, at that time, thought, okay, we have this guy. I'm going to go and help my dog out and get this guy in custody, and that's going to be the end of the day. By the time we got over there, I actually noticed that uh, the, you know, one of the hands was actually not on the dog anymore. And when I looked, he was picking up a shotgun from the uh, ground. In hindsight, we think what happened is he actually had that, that, that gun pointed at the scuttle hole and canine dash 
wait, bit him, got him to drop it, and he just gave us enough, enough time to close the distance and uh, get over to him without anybody getting shot. Yeah, he's saved your life. Yeah, most definitely did. And, I mean, and at that time, K-9 Jackson never gave up. He, he fought as hard as he could the whole time and gave you know, us enough time to get over there safely without being shot. Yeah, and last year, both you and Dax received uh, Medals of Valor, the Massachusetts State House, and I understand he was the first dog to ever receive this honor? He, he was, yeah, and it was uh, great, because I, I cared more about that than, than my own award, by far, and uh, when the when the chief put us in for the award, he said, you know, they, they've never given it this award, it's a human award to a dog, so don't get your hopes up. And uh, when we ever got the word that you know he was indeed going to get the Medal of Valor, it was I was so happy, and so was everybody else at the police department. Everybody here is a big fan of taxes. Yeah, it's hard not to be. Talk about what a typical day in the life is like for the two of you when you're on duty. So actually, today is a good day. We're working a double. So we started at seven this morning. Left the house. He sees me getting dressed in the morning. Or I mean, usually we work afternoon shift if we're not working a double. And uh, you know, he gets excited instantly. But he sees me with the uniform on. He loves being in the car. He loves going to work. He thinks that something great's going to happen any second <laughs> of the day. So he's a, a ball of energy, even at eight years old. But we go to work. We do. A, I'm. I, I've recently been promoted, so I'm, I supervise a patrol shift. Congratulations. And, uh, we. Oh, no, thank you. You know, we do normal patrol functions, and at any time any canine need comes up, we do that. We're also part of a regional law enforcement council that it's 44 cities and towns that we all, you know, we were part of the SWAT team and also part of the K-9 regional response team. So if any agency within those communities needs a dog, we can go if we're available. And when the SWAT team gets deployed, we deploy with the SWAT team. Our SWAT team is one of the only SWAT teams around here that actually uses K-9s all the time. Any slow delivered search we're doing, K-9 stacks up in front and, uh, yeah. you know, keeping us safe. Is he your first canine you've worked with, or have you worked with others? He is. He, uh, when I started here almost 10 years ago, we didn't have a dog program. We had one that you know, was uh, stopped a few years before I started here. Everybody wanted a dog program, but nobody really wanted to do the work for it and convince the town to, to get one again. So I, I went up in front of the union and said, hey, I'll do all the work, but you know, I don't want this dog. And everyone agreed that they'd go for it. It took me about a year to get us to town to get the program back, and it's obviously been a great success. I mean, with even not just this one incident, the canine taxes, six-year career has been amazing. I mean, he's been very, very successful. So. What's his background? How did you receive him, and where did he come from? Canine Dax was born in 2007 in Slovakia. Wow. So that's where a, a lot of uh, police dogs are coming from, is over in Europe, majority, the vast majority. He was tested and bought by a company in Connecticut, Connecticut Canine, who basically imports dogs for you know, law enforcement purposes, federal and local law enforcement. And they're down there. We had our trainers went down to test dogs. When I was in the process of getting my program started, and they actually called me and said, hey, what's going on with your program? I didn't really have an answer for him. And they said, there's this dog here that's perfect for you. They're like, he's a great dog. He's got great, you know, great looks, capabilities for what we can see through te- testing. His temperament's really great. Uh, we think it's a good fit for what you, what you need. And we ended up putting a hold on him. And uh, shortly after that, we went down the bottom. So you mentioned he's from Slovakia. So do you give him commands in English or, or what? Yes, a lot of his uh, a lot of his commands are in uh, Czech, yeah. um, and that's more just because he was familiar with some of them. A lot of people think that you know in the police world we do it so that nobody can give him commands. I'd be glad to give you all his commands. He's not going to listen to you, <laughs> so <laughs> I, it's, it's not about that. But um, yeah, his commands are in Czech, and a lot of his commands are based off of his training. You know, we like to describe him as 
like when we give warnings, he knows he's going to go search a building. Even though I'm not giving him the command, the same as like when a pet, somebody's pet hears their keys jingle, they know they're going for a ride in the car. Well, it's not really, you know, they have no idea the keys shut the car, but they know they hear that sound and then they go in the car. So it's a lot, a lot of the training and stuff like that, just uh, little cues to the dog. So does Dax live at home with you then? He does. He is, at this point in his career, is like a totally normal dog at home. It took, took a while. It took about two years before he had full trust to the house on his own because he was had more energy than you could imagine. Yeah. Um, you know, in Slovakia, where they come from, they're basically either in kennels or tied out outside all the time. So they've never, at the, at the point we get them, they've never even been in the house. But uh, wow. he's calmed down. He's great. I have two kids. I have a six-year-old and a four-year-old. There is, you know, best buddy. He puts up a lot from them, them, him sitting on him and pulling his ears, everything. But uh, you know, like I said, that was a it was a long, long road to get to the point where the trust was there at home. But now, now he's like a normal dog at home. So, did you grow up with dogs? Why did you want to work with with the canine? Uh, yeah, I grew up. My grandparents, when I growing up, bred Dobermans. You know, we always had big dogs around hunting dogs. My family, you know, was always in, into hunting, so I was always seeing all these working dogs. And I always had a lot of respect for working dogs. When I got into police work, I saw, you know, some of these dogs working. And I said, wow, you know, that's something I could take pride in that I could put my my time into and make it the best possible police dog I could have and then, you know, make a difference in the community. And I, I think it, it worked out great. You know, I put my heart and soul into the program and into this dog and it ended up saving my life and a few other officers. So I can't complain. And- I know a lot of, you know, we talked with our arson dog, Glory, a few weeks ago, and I know that she does some demonstrations and events out in the community. Do you and Dax do similar things up there in Massachusetts? We do. We do a lot of demos, and, uh, you know, it's great, not only for the public relations, but just to to educate the community on what we do. A lot of people don't realize the wide spectrum of things that the police can can do, and, uh, you know, evidence recovery and building searches, tracking, you know, drugs, bombs, depending on what the specialty is. And we get out there and we let them know what we're doing. We let them know how our program works, how we're funded. And, you know, to get that out there, it makes a big difference because people, you know, instead of just seeing the police, you know, a lot of times the normal citizens of the community who aren't out there doing bad things, all they see is a police car driving around with a police canine on it. They don't have to see yeah. the dog out working to get out there and let them know what we're doing and also to have a good, good relationship with the local papers. And when the dog does something, has a good find to get that out there to the community. It, it gets a lot of support for the program. You know, and, and one of Dax's biggest moments was what we were talking about a little earlier when he went in the when he went in the house and he, he saved your life. Do you have any other similar tales of bravery that he's he's done over his career? He has. I mean, he is absolutely fearless. There's been many times that he's had to you know fight people and bite people, and he is just doesn't matter that he's seventy pounds. If he wants to go fight a two hundred pound man, he's going to do it. There was another time I was actually out on a stop by myself. Pretty big guy. We ended up getting into a fight. We're fighting to get him at the handcuffs. You know, it probably wasn't looking too good for me. It was the guy I was on top of him at the time, but if it continued, it wasn't good. I had no backup. K-9 Dax came out the, uh, came out of the vehicle on his own. And, uh, you know, when he saw this happening and, uh, ended up stopping the fight very quickly by getting involved. So that's just another, another situation where we can see, you know, that the outcome would have been a lot different without the dog around. Yeah. All right, Chris. Well, now we're just going to wrap up. I just got a few more questions. It's their questions that we've, you're the eighth and final hero dog we're interviewing, and we've asked them all the same questions at the very end of their interview. So I'm just going to start out. After you nominated Dax for the law enforcement category, were you nervous seeing if his name was among our top 24 and then later our top eight finalists? 
I, I was. I actually, I couldn't believe it. I was blown away. You know, when I, when I put them in for it, I put them in, my chief told me to put them, put them in for the award. And I said, wow, it's a national award, you know. You know, I, I hope he does well, but I didn't have very high expectations of it. I didn't know exactly how it was going to go. And when he started, when I started getting the notices that, you know, he was moving on to each category, I was really blown away by it. Well, um, you know, and, and to get this far, I know a lot of our dogs have big social media presence. Is, is Dax big on Facebook or Twitter? Yeah, he does have a Facebook account through our police sponsor. So actually, through our union, so it's the Ashman Police Association Canine Unit, and uh, he's on there. And also, uh, he gets a lot of press on uh, the Massachusetts Vesta Dog Facebook page because they're the ones they do, they've donated his uh, bulletproof vest and some other uh, you know gear to him. So I mean, they're a big fan. He's been in the uh, he's been on the, in their magazine. So they're, they're very good to him. They they put a lot of press out there for him, trying to get us votes. What would it mean for you for Dax to be named the 2015 American Hero Dog? You know, for me, it would just, it would just be, I'd be so happy because he's getting the recognition he deserves. He's really, as I say, there's nobody that's a hero like he is because he has zero fear and all he wants to do is protect me and protect the guys we work with. And it's not like a person where he might have other reasons why he's doing something. He's doing it just purely for the love of what he does. And, uh, you know, for him to be the hero, dog, well, I, I, I think he is anyway. No matter how the voting goes, he's the, the biggest hero in my eyes. It saved my life, and I wouldn't be here talking to you today if it wasn't for him. We're lucky that you have Dax, and he truly is a lifesaver. Talk a little bit about uh, your charity partner, Canines for Cops. Yeah, so I got, uh, I got involved when we did this, and they brought up, you know, they brought up I needed to pick a charity sponsor, so I looked into the, the sponsor that they had. And this organization you know, goes out there and raises money and is putting canine units on the street. So, you know, when I saw that, and I know, especially because I did all the work for my program to get it funded and to get it accepted, it's when you see an organization out there doing something like that, it makes me say, I, I want to help these people out if I can. So hopefully, you know, we can get them, if we can win this competition, you know, it's, it's uh, going to get them some money and hopefully get another canine on the street somewhere in the United States. So what are you most looking forward to heading out to L.A. in a few weeks? I'm um, actually, um, as my guest, I'm bringing my six-year-old daughter. And uh, I'm looking forward to her being involved in all this and seeing everything. Like I said, she loves Dax to pieces. And she, you know, for her to come out there and witness everything, that's what I'm, I'm the most excited about, just to, uh, to get her to see everything and know that, you know, people are out there to see Dax. I know it's an experience that you and, and your daughter and, of course, Dax will never forget. So thanks so much for joining us today, Chris. I uh, can't wait to see all of you out there in L.A. in just a couple weeks. And safe travels, okay? All right. Thank you. You're welcome. And there you have it, folks. That's all eight of our 2015 American Humane Association Hero Dog Award finalists in their own words. This weekend, we'll learn which one you, America, has selected to be our 2015 American Hero Dog. All of the dogs are deserving and will be worthy winners. Be sure to follow American Humane Association on Facebook and Twitter, as we'll have live updates throughout the gala on Saturday, September 19th, including the big reveal of our 2015 American Hero Dog, as well as the winners of our Hero Veterinarian and Hero Veterinary Technician Awards. Robin will be right back with some final thoughts ahead of Hero Dogs Weekend. You're listening to Be Humane on Pet Life Radio. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. Life Radio, the number one pet radio network on the planet, joins forces with iHeartRadio to put the power of your pets in your pocket. Awesome. Download the iHeartRadio app and rock Pet Life Radio on your phone, on your tablet, on your Xbox, in your car. Pet talk, pet tunes, and fun pet times. Pet Life Radio and iHeartRadio. Positively possum. 
Let's Talk Pets. Let's Talk Pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> Thank you, Scott, for your great interviews with Richard, Chris, and all of our amazing eight finalists of the 2015 American Humane Association Hero Dog Awards. Millions of votes were cast, hundreds of dogs nominated from communities all across our great country. And really, these are stories of inspiration, courage, bravery, and heroes on both ends of the leash. I hope you'll be sure to tune in on October 30th on the Hallmark Channel for the national TV broadcast of this year's show. I can guarantee you a very special evening. Friends, I hope you've enjoyed learning more about these dogs, and I hope you've voted for them. And next year, we'll have another great group that'll be announced in the months ahead groups of the dogs nominated but each year there's always these dogs that touch our lives they serve as examples in our busy harried lives of really what it is to meet a four-legged hero and how these animals really make our human life so much better well we've got a busy week ahead as we prepare to give our winners a night they won't forget but i hope you'll follow american humane association on facebook and twitter to find out which of the eight takes home top honors whoever it is we'll be sure to have them back on a future show to talk about their experiences in los angeles and again mark your calendars friday october 30th for the hallmark channel world premiere of the hero dog awards thanks so much for tuning in until next time let's remember as always to be humane let's talk pets every week on demand only on petliferadio.com